0: Love Talk Radio.
1: It is Monday, April 15th, 2013, and you are now listening to the Lacrosse Lounge back on the air after a long off season. I'm your host, Phil Shore, and if you're new to the show, this show is all about Major League Lacrosse what's going on, the people involved, the players, the coaches, the media, what's going on in the league, transactions, who's winning, who's losing. Uh, You'll find it all here. Every week we'll be bringing you players, coaches, media personalities to talk about all the latest happenings in the major league lacrosse and outside lacrosse world, Um, NCAA and anything else that's going on big. Um, Tonight I do want to start the show uh, saying my thoughts and prayers are with those from the Boston area those in the Boston area right now after uh, the events that happened at the Boston Marathon today I know from personal experience I went to school at Emerson College right on Boylston Street uh, just a few blocks away from Copley where the Boston Marathon finish line is uh, so I know it's it's usually such a happy day, such an event. Uh, everybody gets together and spends time with friends, family, going to support the runners, uh, enjoying the history of Boston. I know I would go to the marathon, watch the runners, go out for lunch, uh, for classes, for journalism classes. I would go interview people on the street talking about the day. Um, It was always a great day for me, for the people in the city, so much fun, Uh, so very sad to hear about what happened, thoughts and prayers out to them. And with that in mind, let's start the show tonight. Tonight we do have a pretty exciting show for you guys uh, to talk about the upcoming season, uh, I've got com writer Brendan Stout coming on. I've got uh Rattler's Roundup, Lacrosse Radio Network show host uh Tim Nab coming on a little bit later, and I believe I also right now have Mr. Jack Reed of the New York Lizards. Uh Jack, are you there? I am. Thank you very much. Hey Jack, how you doing? You.
2: Well, It's been a bit of a crazy day in Boston, but thankfully uh, all close to me are doing pretty
1: well. All right, great. Well, first of all, thank you for coming on. Second of all, uh, very glad to hear that everybody close to you is okay. Um, It's always good to hear. And, uh, again, appreciate you coming on. So uh, we'll get into some happier discussion right now, kind of lighting the mood for everybody uh what have you been up to this off season? you know what have you been doing since the m l l season ended?
2: well it's uh you know as part of the self maintenance league that the m l l is I took off hockey my first year ever and got pretty devoted to it so I uh, spent a lot of time uh getting my skates on underneath me and uh and pumping around on the ice but uh it's been uh it's certainly been a tumultuous off season for me per- personally. The uh summer plans change real quickly when you get changed, traded from one organization to another. And uh just getting prepared and, and uh, making the adjustments necessary to, to spend the summer in Long Island and uh and all the things that come with that.
1: All I'm right, sure I to do want to- hockey. <laughs> I do want to talk about the trading a little bit. Uh you and I have already briefly talked about it before for another uh outlet. But uh you you talk about playing hockey. How how good of a hockey player are you right now? You know, how would you rate yourself?
2: <laughs> well, better than expectations would probably be a fair statement.
1: Right <laughs> uh Well, how low were sh- the expectations?
2: Well, you know I didn't get much credit coming in seeing as I'd never skated before, but uh i you know, i i I could skate around a little bit, so things got better real quick but uh it was it was a great opportunity the uh a lot of the Boston Cannons guys in down here we got some hockey players Buchanan, goldie Burke uh hazy plays a little bit and a lot of it actually is pretty good and it's just uh you know something we threw around together in the locker room at the end of the conclusion of last season be a great thing to do there in the winter we all wanted to play hockey i had wanted to play all growing up my old man said uh no chance of driving he had the rink at six in the morning so good luck with that <laughs> So at uh, you know just shy of 30 years old, I figured, yeah, hey, why not? It's a good time to pick up a new sport. It was something I loved about playing indoor was it was something new to kind of latch myself onto and learn the game. And and obviously that you know uh, you ask any lacrosse play the crossover between hockey and and the sport of lacrosse, especially indoor. Once you learn that game, which I spent a fair amount of time in Rochester learning, uh, there's a lot of similarities. So it's been it's been a great time for me personally. A lot of fun. Trying to keep me in shape, get me ready for the season, and uh, at the time, it had been a great way to stay in touch with teammates over the off season, which is a very hard thing to do in the MLL.
1: Yeah, well, it sounds like a lot of fun, especially getting a lot of the a lot of the Canons guys out there to join you. It does sound like a like a good time. Um, and now, in, d- in addition to the hockey plan, you know, what kind of stuff do you do to prepare for the season? You know, what kind of workouts do you put yourself through?
2: Well, it's a combination to make sure that your cardio stamina is uh high enough to be ready for there i mean there's no in shapeness like lacrosse shapeness so it's tough to replicate mm. through throughout the off season but making sure your cardio's up and that you're sh- and in in my terms in my game your short burst energy your ability to uh to be physical and burst is uh engaged and ready to work so it's uh, definitely big focuses uh, during the off season and, and also uh, you know, I'm 29 years old, not getting any younger at this point, so it's also the off season's is big about making sure that all uh, well, the bits and pieces are working in the right order and, and rest in areas that need to and, and frankly a lot of stretching. A lot, a lot more stretching goes on at this level than people are prepared to think about and, and yoga has been a big part of my routine. and. I know other people have benefited from it as well. That
1: so. yeah, certainly must be interesting to see a guy your size going in and taking up yoga. I'm <laughs> not wearing any yoga pants, I can promise you that. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm sure the people there might appreciate that. I don't know. Um, can't speak for them. Um, but That's a good guy. So, <laughs> um, so you mentioned before, you talked about, uh, your trade this offseason, and uh, well, it really it came as a surprise, at least to me, it seemed like to a bunch of different people um, after four seasons with the Cannons uh, getting traded to the New York Lizards. Uh, what were your thoughts for the audience? What were your thoughts, you know, during that immediate time frame? And now it's, you know, a few months have gone by, you know, now how are you seeing things? Has it changed at all? Or, you know, what's going on through your mind about the trade?
2: Well, I I certainly think I ran through a a number of different thoughts, and they vary in a wide range. I've been uh, pretty out front and outspoken about the need for the players to come together and form their own unions with which to deal with the teams in the league individually. And having spent four years in Boston and being a New England guy, I certainly envisioned my career pretty much ending in Boston. I don't really have any desires to finish up anywhere else. But Long Island is just a great opportunity, and there's a great squad coming together down there. So of all the places I got to get traded away from, it you know, seem to be a pretty happy home. But I'm a New England guy. You know, I grew up in outside of Hartford, Connecticut, and played my lacrosse ball in college at UMass, and spent the majority of my time since then in the Boston area and uh, and consider myself very much a, a part of the lacrosse community in here in Boston, in the Massachusetts area. So it definitely hurt being traded from the local ho- hometown team for whatever the reason may have been. And there's no need for me to speculate. It was a decision they made. It was, uh, you know, right to them for whatever the reason may be. And uh, I'm excited for the opportunity in Long Island. At the end of the day, I play this game to uh, compete at the highest level.
1: I think we all do. And the goal is to win championships, so. And when you and I talked last month, or uh, uh, it might have been two uh, almost two months now, we talked last, uh, you talked about how the New England fans had reached out, or the Boston fans, the New England fans had reached out to you and uh, just uh, giving you compliments and supported you. Um, not only how has the response been from Boston fans, but now as time's gone on, what has the response been from Lizards fans getting in touch with you and, uh, you know, telling you what they, what they think about you joining the team?
2: Well, I'll tell you all, right, coming out of my – my first real weekend with the Lizards is uh, this past one, a couple training camps Saturday night and on Sunday during the day. We were out in Stony Brook and then outside of Westchester County, and it's, it was more fans, more participation in the training camp experience than I've ever seen. So that was just great. To have that number of people out interested in, in us getting ready for the season and what we are doing and, and being able to interact with them from day one was was just fantastic and and, and really unique. I, I was really impressed by that, and you know certainly it, it hurts to not not be part of the same fold that I had been, and, and to be branching out into a new mix. And uh, you know I I don't have any reservations on on being well warmed and welcomed when I come back to Boston because that's just not how Boston sports fans do. But uh, you know it, it was a, a great honor to be in the boston market and develop some of the relationships that i've had here and you know hope to replicate some of that in new york as well
1: now like you said you uh you guys for the lizards just recently had your first training camp uh how did that first weekend go especially with a with a brand new group of guys for you
2: uh, the MLL is always a challenge. You got new pieces in and out of the mix on an on a almost weekly basis, it seems, and you, the college guys that will join uh, after the Memorial Day weekend by and large. So, you know, really at the end of the day, any chance that you have as a unit to come together and spend some time focusing on the systems that we want to incorporate, the way we want to play, uh, talking out, communicating, what we're gonna approach the season like is a good one, and I thought it was a very productive weekend for the lizards uh, as a group. I so thought we, uh, we had a good run. There was certainly some uh, some competition going on up and down both ends, and, and for me personally, it was uh, you know it was kind of a treat. I mean, my, my jokes my jokes in the Cannons locker room have gotten old. Matt morally sick of hearing the same stuff, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I've been looking forward to uh, to mixing it up with the Hunter Steins. Not having seen them since our days battling uh, Hofstra versus UMass, and, uh, and there's it's just a lot of there's a lot of new relationships to to forge and, and communications to be had, and, and I'm just happy that all my jokes are back in play again because a lot of guys haven't heard
1: any of them yet. So <laughs> they probably still won't be funny, but uh, someone's got to find them funny, right? If you're still using them. Hey, I laughed Someone out time. there. Well, okay. So so there you go. It doesn't matter if they've heard heard them or not. As long as you're entertaining yourself, right? Exactly. Um, now you you mentioned about how the rosters kinda of change week to week, uh, with college guys and everything. And another thing that the major league cross teams have to deal with is the N L L rosters and those guy that season going over long uh and overlapping with the M L L season and those guys coming in. And some teams uh, like we saw last year with the Hamilton Nationals, some teams really struggle missing a lot of NLL guys early in the season. But at least with the Lizards right now, you've got yourself, Drew Adams, uh, Steven Berger, Steven Pizer, Greg Gerenlian, and I believe Brian Karolunis, uh all in camp, all ready to go for the beginning of the season at least. Uh, what kind of difference does that make? especially now in training camp, having so many of the top guys ready to go from the beginning of the year? I think at the beginning of each preseason, every one of the MLL
2: teams is focused on themselves and getting their systems in place and uh, deciding on how they're going to operate, how they're going to move forward by and large for the season. And there are certainly uh, a lot of benefits to be garnered when you add great pieces like a Mark Matthews or a Jojo Marasco or a Rob Pinnell to an offensive lineup. And uh, I certainly think the pressure is on us defensively at the start to, you know, we're together. we got, you know, Stephen Waldeck, Drew Adams, uh, myself, Ryan Karolunas, we got Costable coming in. You know, we've got a lot of great pieces in place. There are a lot of good things happening for us on defense, and the understeams have been... In Long Island, are dictating to us how they want Long Island culture to be, and 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 they're pretty good at representing exactly how they want that culture to go down. So, you know, it's been a, it's been fun to come together here, and I think getting our synergy and uh, and, and our our unitness uh, all consolidated, it's going to be a good thing for us moving forward. And and we we add offensive pieces to complement a burger and a pizer, uh, and a gibby and a Palace act going forward, it's gonna be it's gonna be mm. a great big, great offense and, and a very dangerous one. And you throw uh the likes of the college guys coming out of uh you know, some very successful springs. I mean they've had some great campaigns going on there because they're all very, very quality players and, and we're certainly all looking forward to bringing them into the fold and, and
1: building an offense around them as well. And, and what are you most looking forward to this season? What is exciting you most about this upcoming season?
2: Well, it, it really comes down to the base competition. The thing, the reason I play the MLL at this point, after seven seasons now, and and continue to want to, is just this burning desire to compete against the best. And you go out there every, uh, you know, Saturday, Thursday, or Sunday. Perhaps maybe you go out there each week and, and you get an opportunity to compete against the best play in a game. And, uh, and I look forward to that. Uh, I know, I'm glad to be part of this Lizards organization. They've certainly put a lot into their effort to kind of remake themselves and to take it into the Lizards 2.0 here as, as we move on into the 2020s. Uh, uh, and it's just a great, it's a great opportunity. And at the end of the day, you wanna win that next ring. That's the goal. You know, I've won one with Rochester. I won the first uh well, I was part big part of the first ring one in Boston. And uh I'd I'd like to return the uh lizards to that glory that they were experiencing a little earlier in their career and uh, and get that third ring. That's that's my big focus. So that's why we play this game. You wanna compete at the highest level and you wanna win. I don't I hate losing.
1: I absolutely mm. hate losing, so I wanna win. Alright, before I let you go um you you mentioned a lot about a lot of your teammates whether they're been in camp whether they're coming off the NLL season whether they're going to be the rookies coming in this year you talk a lot about your teammates um I'd love to hear what's been your interaction with uh coach Polina so far especially in this training camp weekend you know what's how's that relationship been so far
2: uh, it's been a very interesting one because, as any uh, fan of the MLL knows, I've got no problems butting head with his brother, Brian Spilina. and uh, <laughs> I'd love to do so, and I'm pretty sure he'd never really crossed the midfield line to take up a conversation with me. But, frankly, the reception in Long Island has been very warm, very welcome. They have wanted me to be involved with their defense, and I'm excited to be a part of the organization. I think Joe, Coach Spelina. Coach Joe has just got a great management style to the MLL roster. There's a lot in play just this very weekend. He's coming home from a Stony Brook women's lacrosse game, and, you know, ferry mix happen, and we're, you know, riding across the training camp together, and I'm worried about being late, and he's on the same ferry. So that, you know, they take some of the pressure <laughs> off of, uh, you know, whether a head coach is going to be mad that you're five minutes late or not because he's on the same ferry as you.
1: Mm-hmm. So he gets it. And
2: he gets he gets the management. There's a lot that goes on in the MLL. It's not just the X's and O's, as a favorite coach of mine used to say, Jason Miller, at St. John's. It's about the Jimmy and Joes, and and I believe wholeheartedly that he's got a good handle on who his Jimmys are and who his Joes are, and and really how we're going to come together and what we can do as a group and how it'll work. And and at the end of the day, to put all that into a short window and make it work throughout the course of his summer, we're all going to build. We all want to get better each week. It's the same thing we I used to say together as the Cannons, is I'll say all summer long with the Lizards, we got to get better each week, one game at a time. And uh, and that I have a lot of faith that Coach Polina has a good handle on, not just the X's and O's concept, but how to make all the Jimmys and Joes fit, too.
1: All right. Well, it's good to hear that things are going well for you at the at the start of camp with the Lizards. Uh excited to see you out there. Uh how you fit in with the new team this year. Uh before you go, is there anything that you want to add or say or you know, talk about?
2: Well I, I just you know, I've been blown away by the experience I'm having with the New York Lizards now. I'm 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 coming from a very, very spoiled state living in Boston and playing for the Cannons and it's a great organization. And frankly, being a Boston fan all my life, one of the greatest fan bases you could have to work with. I think the attendance numbers show that. Short of Denver, Boston's Boston's place. But the mm-hmm. uh, the New York organizations put a lot into uh, what they got going on this summer, and, and they're remaking themselves, and they're going in some new directions, and, and they're responding to what they've heard from their fan base. And I think the Thursday night games in Randall's Island outside of Manhattan are going to be wonderful. I think playing a couple of Sunday games, some more families, some children can be involved on a Sunday afternoon than a Saturday night is just wonderful. And, and I'm just excited about the opportunity that's going on down there. Like we're going to compete, we're going to compete real hard for a championship. That's the goal. And I think the organization's doing a
0: lot to capitalize on the back end. So you know, I'm
2: excited to be a part of it. It's it's certainly uh, a lot of effort paid forward on my own part, and I'm glad to do it to continue to be part of
1: this. Alright, great. Well, Jack, thanks so much for coming on tonight. Really appreciate it. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. And best of luck next couple weeks getting ready for the season, and uh, best of luck this year. And I look forward to talking to you again.
2: Alright, thank you for the opportunity. My thoughts and prayers with everybody in Boston and the greater community Let's all avoid these kind of tragedies. no need for this, and uh, in lacrosse we trust. It's a great, wonderful sport.
1: Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Thank you, Jack, and have a good night.
2: Take care, guys. Thank you.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was new New York Wizards defender Jack Reed talking about his experiences so far with the team uh, as they entered their first week of training camp last week. And we are going to keep the show rolling. I've got com, MLL writer uh, Brendan Stout with me right now. Brendan, are you there? Hey, how you doing, Phil? I'm doing well. How are you doing tonight, Brendan?
0: Doing all right. You know, crazy day like Jack said up upstairs, up in uh, New England there. But you know, hopes and prayers and everything are up there with the people of Boston and their families and all the victims.
1: Uh, absolutely couldn't agree more. And uh, actually, if you don't mind, I do want to share with the audience. Uh, earlier tweeted uh, both Kevin Barney and the Major League. Uh, Kevin Barney is the Boston Cannons general manager. And uh, obviously the Cannons right out, right in Boston. And tweeted Major League Lacrosse, uh, their offices, right around Boston as well. Uh, Kevin, uh, asked them how everything was. Kevin Barney said, that uh, asked if the staff was safe. He said staff, yes. Still trying to connect with some players, but self service is down. That was about uh, I'd say around five, between five and six. So the Canon staff is doing all right. Uh, look forward to making sure that all the Canon's players are okay. Uh, Major League Cross tweeted, shaken but safe, thinking of all the victims. So that is the update of the professional lacrosse in Boston uh, around this tragedy. Um, but now to talk about the season with Brendan here. And Brendan, what do you think? Uh, what for you has been the most interesting storyline, or will be the most interesting storyline coming into the season? What do you? What storyline are you looking forward to following closely?
0: Uh, Me personally, I'm going to have to say the games in Florida and in Atlanta coming up, they're uh, big venues down there, down south. You know, the game's growing, and it's a great sign for the sport of lacrosse and also as well as the MLL to get, you know, teams down there, show players that, you know, the game's growing. It's a great game, and just get it down there and
1: show them what it's about. Uh, certainly, big news uh, with the with possible expansion on the horizon too. Now I know you're from the Philly area, and you know, me from the New Jersey area, and we both both of our cities had both of our cities, our states, our areas had MLL teams at one point. No longer, Are you a little jealous that the that they're looking at the South now and kind of bypassing our area here.
0: You know, I. I am a little jealous about that. You know, I
1: work with uh, Brian
0: Docherty over the summer, coaching for Big lacrosse, uh Lacrosse Club. And, you know, we, we would always talk about his days playing for Philly and the uh, Barrage and all those guys. And it was a great time, you know, going to watch them play at Villanova and USDC and whatnot. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little jealous, you know, that they're moving down south. But, it's a great sign, though. You know, throwing the game, getting it down there, and expanding. You know, I, I'd rather them expand than, uh, than you know, not to.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and it, it does. It does seem with the reception at the All Star games, and with the reception and the talk from after the announcements of the games in Georgia, it does seem like the game really is starting to pick up down south. You know past Virginia. It does seem like those areas are starting to grow in their interest, and uh, it's nice to see if these uh, emerging markets can really support these teams. Certainly something interesting to uh, follow this season and going forward, like I said, with proposed uh, hopes for expansion coming in in the MLL after Charlotte and Ohio. Now, I want to ask you. You know, there's been a lot. There's usually a lot of player movement in MLL, um, but this offseason seemed to be a crazy one. Maybe it's just because the league is growing and the attention it's getting is growing. But it seemed like there was a lot of a lot of player movement and a lot of talk about player movement. Um, I want to break this down into two kind of two kind of questions. And the first is, what do you think was the biggest transaction? this offseason individual, um, one move, either a draft pick, a player signing through the waiver draft, the supplemental draft, excuse me, uh, the college draft, or, or a trade. What, what was the one move that you think is going to have the biggest impact on any team? One of the
0: biggest trades I'd have to say was the Matthews trade during the uh, collegiate draft. That one mm-hmm. took me by surprise, and I couldn't
1: fathom what was going on. Yeah, definitely, uh, I, w- I was at the draft, and when it was announced, uh, you know, maybe it's because me, because I didn't, you know, I didn't have it, uh, you know, I didn't have the inside scoop on that, but hearing it was certainly a surprise. Didn't see that coming at all from Denver. Um, and... Just a huge move for the Lizards, adding to that young, already young talent core that they have. I mean, what do you think of that Lizards, just the attack unit right now, in terms of youth and talent?
0: Uh, The Lizards are going to be one of the toughest teams going into the season this year. I mean, we saw last year that they made it all the way to championship weekend. They fell a little short, but, you know, they ran out of gas a little bit towards the end of the game. You know, going on a uh, letting up a bunch of goals at the end, but you know, that only leaves room for improvement for Coach Spalina and the long and the uh, sorry, New York Lizards, I should say. Um, <laughs> it'll take and, some time you know, to get used to that, Yeah, a, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> and you know, getting get uh, picking up Matthews, uh, picking getting Berger back and picking up Reed to, just only adds to the fire, just adds fuel to the fire. I mean, yeah, they lost a great player in uh, Ryan Young and Tom Briggs, but you know, they they just they added even more when they picked up Matthews and Berger and Reed. Hmm.
1: Now, um, to kind of go off of that, uh, with the talented players that they have, when this team is at full strength, uh, you know, when every all the rookies are in, all the NLL players are in, everybody's in what do you foresee the starting attack unit to be? You know, put on a little early prediction, and uh, who do you think will be the main three guys? Now, I'm not saying they won't use the other guys, but who do you think will start those games at attack for the Lizards? Oh, Phil. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs>
1: putting you on the spot, easy.
0: I know. Uh, it's a little bit here. You know, I did prepare for that one. But, uh, you know, you got you, you have Matthews. You have Rob Pinnell, who's having a great season, great senior "quote unquote" season. Um, you know, you've got Matt Gibson, who is had a phenomenal rookie season last year, and then you have uh, the Golden Mane of uh, Brian Langtree, being you know playing some attack there for the Lizards as well. Um, well between and. You know, Will Magnon, he got traded away, and he was playing really well for them, too. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to have to say the three. Right now I'm going to go with Langtree, Langtree, Gibson, and I'm going to say Matthews to start. Now, the reason I say that is because Pinnell is going to have to get used to to the MLL ways. I mean, you know, he's he's a great player, has a lot of talent, can score without even looking at the net, as we saw in their past game against Syracuse. But for the beginning of the season, I would definitely have, you know, when Pinnell after the NCAA season ends, you know, have Pinnell get used to the MLL ways and just, you know, watch what Matthews and all of them do just to see how, how things roll.
1: All right, I, I can I can see that. I personally think Pinnell might get in there over Langtree, but especially with uh, it seemed like Coach Spolina definitely took a shine to Langtree last season. Um, I can see I can see him relying on his veteran presence, uh, especially with such a young roster. So I, I can I can see where you're going there with there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how too. I feel like how they get Tommy Palasek in the mix. 'Cause uh Palisic scored in every game he played in last year. You know, there weren't a lot of expectations for him, but he came in towards the end of last season and he played really well. Like you said, like Will Mangan did. There were just so many talented rookies for them last year. Uh and it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they mix these pieces together. Maybe Langtree takes some tries at midfield, I don't know. Just throwing that out there. Um and we haven't even mentioned Grant Catalino yet. Uh, you know, he's got a nice shot on him uh, and played well in the beginning of the season for the Lizards to, you know, help them get off to their hot start. So uh, a, a log jam at the attack position for the Lizards, but, you know, if I do say so myself, it seems like a good problem to have for them. I don't know if you agree with that. No, I, I absolutely agree with that.
0: And, you know, the the one thing I saw last season with, you know, Langtree playing at the attack unit, he was right in front of that net with every shot, picking up those rebounds and everything like that. And that's and that's why I think, you know, maybe he would start. But, you know, as you mentioned, Palasek and Catalino as well, you know, the big cat has that rocket of a shot. And then you got Tommy Palasek that's just a great, great overall player. You know, can dodge, can score the ball, and as you said, you know, scored every game, scored in every game, you know. It, and, you know, he, he may, Coach Salina may even invert players. You know, put mm-hmm. power sack, put Langtree up at the midfield, you know, see what they can do. Uh, you know, we saw, I saw a all the times with Matthews. Mark Matthews ran at the midfield for Denver last year. Just, to, right. you know, change it up and get players and get different looks at players and whatnot. So, it, it, it's, it's like you said, it's a great problem to have.
1: hmm Now, my next question off of the individual move. Uh, my next question is going to be: What team do you think had the best off season? Um, do am I am I going to be able to guess where you're going with that? Uh, you can take a guess. <laughs> would it would it be New York after we talked about them for so long? You know what they they had a
0: great off season. Um, they really did. Uh one the other two teams that really had a I want to say good and maybe even equal all season to the Wizards was uh Charlotte and Ohio with the, all their draft picks and all the trades that they made. I mean the Hounds hmm. traded away traded I mean they traded away Tucker Durkin. Like it, he's a great he's a great defenseman and whatnot. But they have a good defense, a sound defense and they picked up Tripuka, Hoss, and Carroll who are great you know, middies and attackmen and offensive players, and they're going to be even more of an offensive threat. Come, you know, this come uh, this season. But um, you know, I may even have to say you might you, you may even be right with <laughs> picking up New York.
1: Right, <laughs> I uh, well, I'm curious to ask about about Charlotte and uh how you perceive their off because it did seem like Charlotte lost a lot of their bigger name players this off season. Uh they traded away Billy Bitter, they traded away the rights to Tucker Durkin, they traded away Jeremy Boltis. Um they had Colin Briggs for a minute after getting him from New York. They traded him away. They traded away Steven Berger. Um so it seems like the perception is losing so many of those named guys would bring the team back a step, but you like what they did. How do you see this team moving forward?
0: You know, they're going to move forward in a way with, they got a lot of young talent. I mean, they had a lot of young talent last year, but they have veteran players like Matt Donowski and, uh, and Ryan Flanagan, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're coming. They're becoming their own personality. They're creating their own identity, and mm-hmm. with young young talent coming in and only being in their second year of play, you know they're they're gonna they're gonna surprise a lot of people. I mean, they they picked up Mike Sawyer. He's a great attackman. You know, he's having a pretty good year. Matt White from Virginia. He's gonna be killing. You know, he's gonna be killing it. Um, Owen Bly from Maryland. Mm-hmm. He's a great attackman, you know, he's playing really well. I believe just got his hundredth point from Maryland the other day. And uh they're bringing in L S M Mason Poley from uh Bryan. You know, and he's right. he's having a he's played well over the past couple of years, including this year for for uh the Bulldogs up there. So even though they've traded away a lot of talent between, you know, Bitter, Boltis, Dirk or um, they're bringing in a good amount of talent as well There's a lot of
1: export and importing going on there mhm definitely and uh yeah it is it is a pretty impressive class of rookies that they're bringing in uh i, I thought Mason Poley was a great pick in the draft uh, and talking to Wade Leopard, he was r- ridiculously psyched up about uh, psyched up about that pick. He loved that pick he was excited about it uh so Mason Poley was a good pick. Um, obviously, they still have Joe Von Miller, who was one of the most exciting players in the league last year. But I must say, I'm really I'm excited to see with this Hounds team. Um, I'm excited to see the reunion from last year's championship team. I'm excited to see uh, Eric Lesby playing alongside Mike Sawyer again. I think that'll be really interesting to see how those two guys work together on the professional level. Uh, after having such a great run in last year's NCAA championship tournament
0: you you, you just hit the nail on the head with what I was just about to bring up with Sawyer and uh Lozdie coming back together They're, they they worked you know they were a dynamic duo just erupting their their championship season you uh, know and jovi miller guy is a guy is a highlight reel all in himself just playing playing with all the heart he has. Leaving everything on the field every
1: game. Mm, and I think, I think with Jovan too. I think something we might see more of this year, especially without uh, Boltus on the field and without Stephen Berger. I think we're going to see, again, this is just my hunch. I got no inside scoop on this. My hunch. I feel like we'll see a lot more two-way Jovan Miller. A lot more Jovan Miller. Going on offense, running back on defense, getting a lot more opportunities just to do more things this season, uh, which I think could be an exciting thing to watch.
0: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. You know, he gets out there and he plays hard, one hundred percent, no matter whether it's on offense or defense. He he will give you one hundred percent, and that's what the college rules are doing now, making it, forcing players to play two ways again. You know, I, and me as a coach personally, I'm happy about that. I want my mm-hmm. players to play. Two, like, you know, it's kind of kind of like involving hockey. You know, you, you play two way two way hockey. You saw it in D three the Ducks. You know, two way hockey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know, I know. It's kind of lame. You
1: know, no, not uh, lame. That is a great comparison. reference. <laughs> uh, I, I, I I like the reference. That's good. Uh, and you <laughs> yeah, mentioned oh, <laughs> and you mentioned Ohio too. And uh, Ohio had a great draft. A great draft bringing in a lot of that team was that was a team that lacked offense last year, uh, outside of, you know, Chaz Woodson and Jimmy Connolly. Um, but they'll have Steele Stanwyck for a whole year. Uh, Peter Baum, if he does agree to play, um, Marcus Holman, they made some great draft picks and now all of a sudden that's a pretty team that that's a team that's got a, a pretty decent amount of talent. Uh, especially at the attack end, but they can also play midfield. Connor Martin, um, I think they're, they could be a very, like you said, a very fun team to watch this year. Even if they aren't a playoff team, uh, they could be very fun to watch this year, which is always always good for the fans. Yeah, I mean, they, they were
0: fun to watch last year with uh, Chaz Woodson with the one-handed goals from behind, you know, him flying through the air, making all those ridiculous goals. Connor Martin, you know, just doing his thing out there, having fun, loving it. Um, and you know, in in the draft, they they picked up, like you said, Peter Baum, Marcus Holman, you know, who are having great you know great seasons as well. And not to mention, you know, Logan Shush out of uh, Ohio State and Chase Carrero from Denver. You know, those mm-hmm. are two other really big picks that are
1: going to be impacts when they arrive in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And, and I felt like, you know, offense definitely failed Ohio um, last year. It wasn't at the level, I think, as, as it needed to be. But I think what really hurt, if if we look back at the playoff teams from last year, we had Denver, New York, Boston, and uh, Chesapeake. And in goal for those teams, you had Kip Turner, um, you had Drew Adams. You had oh, jeez, I'm blanking. Jesse Schwartzman, and you had. um he's Jordan Burke. Jordan Burke. Yes, I don't know why I blanked on that. Uh, goalie <laughs> of the year two yeah. years ago, or uh, should have been goalie of the year two years ago, uh, and another candidate last year. Jordan Burke. And if he's listening, I apologize. Um, but all four of those goalies. in in an elite class of goaltenders. And it seemed like in order to have success last year, you needed to have a strong goalie situation. And Ohio probably had the least strength at goalie last year. It seemed to be the group that struggled the most. But this year they go and get Scott Rogers, who was a phenomenal talent at Notre Dame and uh, did well his first year or two uh, in the league struggled last year. What do you think of a Scott Rogers move to Ohio? Is he is he going to perform at a higher level, especially not necessarily having the split time with uh, Brett Queener?
0: I think that'll definitely be it, – it's definitely a big plus for Ohio. You know, going out, getting a goalie, you know, with Brian Phipps coaching and uh, not being – I don't think he was able to make the first couple games of the season – and then you have uh, R- Rob Fortunato out of Virginia, who had a great season, who had a great you know short career, but you know a great career nonetheless. But Scotty Rogers, you know, he he has the capability of being the starting goalie for Ohio. He, I, th- I think, with him splitting time up in Hamilton, really, I don't want to say screwed with him. But really, kind of, kind of threw his game off a little bit. I mean, you know, mm. as, as a starting goalie, you don't really, as a goalie personally, you know, I, I didn't want to split time with kids and whatnot. But you know, it, it really because you you get into a momentum, you get into a rhythm of you know making the sa- making the big saves, making those little saves, having great clears, knowing the defense, the defense, knowing your tendency, your your tendencies you knowing their tendencies, you know, your communication with the defense goes in and out in a sense. And I'm not saying that, you know, they had bad communication on defense up there in Hamilton, but at the same time, you know, when you have a a secure goalie in net, it definitely helps out your team. And we see that with Jordan Burke, uh, Drew Adams, and uh, Kip Turner and all those guys, that made the final, you know, made the final four for championship weekend last year. Cause they all, they were all starting and they had great rhythm with their defense.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, so from a goalie's perspective, that is a good perspective you gave to us and something that we'll certainly have to be on the lookout for this year. Um, and how it affects Hamilton too, with Quinter essentially stepping into the starting role. Um, but, what do you think uh now we've talked about teams that we that you thought that we thought have taken steps forward um what team do you think maybe not the worst team may not end up with the worst record, but what team had the least productive off season um and do you think will struggle most uh this year? Uh,
0: they 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 didn't have a bad off season, but struggling might be. They might have a a hard beginning of the season, just like they did last year, and that's that's Hamilton, um, the Nationals, because they have so many players playing in the NLL. You know, Cody Jameson, Scotty uh sorry, Joe Joe Walters. You know, players like that. They they play in. Yeah, no. Last year they went all the way to the championship and they won it, which you know is great. is great for those guys. You know they, they deserve it. They played so hard, but it, it came back and bit Hamilton in the in the in the tush, if you will, because uh, you know they they didn't have those players for the first couple games of the season, and that really that really hurt them. But you know they went and picked up Chris Lapierre, Josh Hawkins, you know Jason Noble, and all those guys and they they may come out firing on all cylinders and surprise people, but as of right now, I'm going to say it's going to hurt them a little bit.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and even with the rookies that they picked up, those guys won't be coming in until later on in the season anyway. So, you know, they've got talented rookies. Uh, Tucker Durkin, they acquired from the Hounds. Uh, they've got talented players but with everybody coming back so late in the season, um, it could be another rough year for Hamilton and um it'll be like I said before, it'll be something to watch. Um Hamilton's gotten off to a rough start the past couple of years and last year it really buried him. Um so it'll be it'll be tough to see. I hope uh yeah, it'll but it'll also be an interesting to see who else steps up. Uh, In their absence, Uh, you know they did bring in the Lau Gosney twins from. that played at Lehigh last year. Um, They did bring them in this year, and those guys. A lot of people are talking about them as being up and comers. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see if they come in and step up in other people's absences. Um, And I got to ask, what matchup? What two teams? Uh, what matchup are you looking forward to most this year? What what two teams are you looking forward to on the schedule battling it out? Um, I'm going to go
0: Final Four last year, Denver-Long Island. I mean, Denver was down by so many goals and just climbed their way back to take that win right out from underneath the Lizards. I mean, you know, New York had that game tied up and whatnot, but let Denver come right back in. And when you when that happens, you really kick yourself for the next couple months until the next season when you get to play them again, and that's mm. that's when that's when you're going to see the two teams just collide at each other. You know, Long Island uh, against New York, <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're they're, they're going to be coming out hungry in that game. They're going to want to get that revenge. I mean, and Denver, you know, they have a they always have a great team every year, you know. They, they, I was really hoping they would have taken, you know, the championship last year just because they've made it so many times and have fallen so sh- and fallen just short of it. But you know, nothing, nothing against Chesapeake or anything, Coach Cottle, Sorry if you're listening, but you know, I'm, I'm just really interested in seeing that game, you know, come, uh, come uh, July fourth.
1: Mm-hmm. And it, it and it seemed like uh, you know it didn't seem like the lizards did much kicking themselves this offseason. It seemed like they were it, it motivated them to to not sit still and not be uh, complacent with what they did. And it'll it'll be a different game too because Denver made a lot of changes this offseason too. They make a lot of changes every offseason. It seems like especially the past two, but uh, this year you know. Uh, you know, with the Matthews trade and uh, bringing in Boltus and bringing in Zach Greer, sending out Colin Briggs, it seems like, you know, again, more pieces were moved around in Denver this year. And uh, at first, at least for me, I don't know if it was the same for you, you can say, but uh, for me it was like, at first perception, it's like, hmm, I don't know what they're doing. It seems kind of odd. They're bringing in a lot of attack guys, kind of losing their midfield. They sent P. Poyon to Charlotte. It seemed like they were taking a step back, but if you remember, I thought last off season went even worse for Denver, and they had they rebuilt and just had a fantastic year. It seems like they're not re, they're not a team that rebuilds; they reload every year, and no matter what kind of roster they bring in, it seems like they just bring it every week and they're successful. Uh, I mean, kudos from me to the coaching staff and the ownership. Uh, but I mean, how do you think Denver is going to fare this year? You know, like you said, they reload every year. I don't
0: know what it I don't know what their board looks like going into the draft and you know, with the trade that they make and everything like that, but something just always clicks for them. You know, i it might even be the atmosphere, you know, Jojo over there banging that drum and you know, Jesse Schwartzman being in the net, the big guy, you know, in even the leadership on the team alone just having you know Adam Fullerton being an army guy, you know, keeping us keeping their teams motivated and, and then, you know, their all their all season pick, their all season trade and whatnot are just, you know, like you said, baffling. To 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 an extent they're baffling. You know, with mm. leave you know, on was was one of their biggest sparks last year. But you know they they bring in they bring in uh, like you said Zach Greer and then Will Mangan you know he showed up he's gonna show
1: up and be a big impact for them. Hmm. And it's been so long since we've seen Zach Greer on the MLL field. Uh, if he does play this year, I, I am curious to see what he produces. Uh, you know, and I think in Denver he could he could shine. There's a lot of a talent on that attack unit. Uh, with Brendan Mundorf and, uh, you know, Will Mangan coming over and Chris Bocklet, Uh there's a lot of talent there um, that will allow people not to key on Greer, but uh, not playing on the MLL field, if he does suit up this year, uh, it'll certainly be interesting to see how he does.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, def- it definitely will be. And, you know, they also picked up, in the Matthews trade, was, you know, Eric Law. And Eric Law is it out there for the pioneers and coach here just this year. And not to mention uh, Dante Fantoni out of Lehigh. He's having mm-hmm. a great, he's having another great, you know, big year. And then not, and then i uh, switching to defensively, you know, you have Lee Zink down there, you know, who is one of the, if not the best defender in, uh, in the MLL right now. and, Coming in to help him will be, you know, Brian McGill out of Syracuse, who we just saw. You know, he he studded a little bit in the beginning of the Cornell game against Pinnell, but once he got going, you know, Pennell didn't see another point the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. So he'll be he'll definitely make a big splash when he when he goes out west, play for to play for the uh, Outlaws.
1: Yeah, we'll be, it will be fun to see, as it is every year. Now, uh, just a few minutes left before I let you go. Uh, it's early. The season hasn't even started yet. We're still a couple weeks away. It's early. But right now, I want you to give me your prediction for this year's MLL champion. That put me on the spot again there, Phil. So uh, That's what I do. That's what I do. I give you guys the tough questions. you got to yeah, answer I- I, I see you like to do that. Um <laughs> you know what we talked about them the
0: whole the whole pretty much the whole entire time. I I'm going to New York, Coach Spellina, you know I'm a am a hometown kid out of Long Island. You know, I I'm going to New York. I mean I'm unfortunately they changed their name to New York from Long Island, but you know what, I'm going with I'm going with the uh, green and black out there. Uh, coach, coach green right. out there.
1: All right. Well, it was a big offseason. It'll be interesting to see if uh, this compilation of players they've put together can uh, win them a championship. Uh, Brendan, thank you so much for joining me tonight on the show. Is there anything that you want to say before uh, before you leave? Uh, You know,
0: just thanks for having me, Phil. You know, I always enjoy coming on your show and everything, you know, you're you're a great guy, and you know you you do the, you do everything you can to help spread the word of uh, lacrosse. Uh, likewise for me, um, you know again prayers, hopes, wishes all the way up to Boston tonight, and you know out to everybody that's you know facing the situation in, uh, in their lives. But uh, you know, thanks for having me again. So appreciate it, man.
1: That oh, was my pleasure. I appreciate the compliments, but I, I enjoyed talking lacrosse with you. It was a real pleasure to have you on, and I'm sure you'll be on again uh, during the course of the year. So thank you so much, and uh, you have you enjoy the rest of your night. Hey, you too, Phil, man. Have a good one. All right. Thank you, you too. All right, folks, that was Brendan Stout of InLacrosseWeTrust.com uh had a good conversation with him talking about kind of the the state of the league as we go into the, the 2013 season. And uh, Justin, uh, I know I talked about some of the tweets we heard earlier, but uh, David Gross, MLL commissioner, has just tweeted me, uh, and he said, Phil, those involved with the league are safe, but we are obviously heartbroken for those that were hurt today. Uh, so, again, it's unfortunate news what happened, but glad to hear that the league office, uh, those involved with the league, uh, which is stationed right outside of Boston, uh, glad to hear everybody is okay there. So, that is good news. And, uh, that is our show tonight. Uh, looks like, unfortunately, we'll not have Tim Neb joining us. Um, but I, I would love to get to talk to him later on in the year uh, and talk about the Rattlers and what's going on in Rochester. But uh, that is our show tonight. And I want to thank my guests for coming on tonight. I want to thank Jack Ree for taking the time to talk to me. Uh, if you want to find Jack on Twitter, uh, his handle is at Gorilla Magilla, G O R I L L A M A G I L L A at Gorilla Magilla. Let's get him some more followers. Um, and also want to, if you want to reach out to Brendan, his, Twitter handle is at BStout 631. That is at B S T A U D T 631. Uh, and if you want to talk to me on Twitter, I am at PShore15. I welcome all listeners to join me. Uh chat lacrosse with me. Tell me well who you want to see as a guest on the show. Uh whatever you want to, what you like, what you don't like, what you want to talk about. Anything of that nature. You just want to talk lacrosse. Uh, I'm on Twitter at PSHORE15. This is the Lacrosse Lounge on Lacrosse Radio Network. I uh, Thank you all for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed tonight's show. We are going to be every Monday at 8 o'clock. Talking with people from around major League cross, the players the coaches, the media um bringing you the latest in what's going on in the league in the game, so look forward to you joining us again and listening. uh look forward to all my future guests this season uh we are so close to the start of the season, and certainly very exciting uh four twenty seven is the opening day uh opening weekend that week it'll be great to get these guys back on the field really look forward to watching it and uh again thoughts and prayers to the to Boston uh, area very close to me uh personally thoughts and prayers to the city thoughts and prayers to those affected in the tragedy today thoughts and prayers to their friends their families their loved ones uh everybody stay safe out there and uh, thank you for joining me again. Hope you enjoyed the show. Have a good night. Have a good week. And talk to you next week. This is Phil Shore with Cross Lounge on Cross Radio Network.